Are you ready to talk sports with one of the leading sports journalists of today? Welcome to All Around Sports with John Inglesby. John's years of experience as a journalist has allowed him to net exclusive interviews with top players, former players, commissioners, and owners. John and his guests are ready to give you the straight word when it comes to sports. Now, let's talk all around sports. Here is your host, John Inglesby. Voice America listeners, welcome to my 484th ever show of all around sports. Reach Monday at noon Eastern time. We broadcast live from Boston to go all around the world of sports for one hour, to discuss what happened last week and what's ahead for this week. To join the show, the call-in number is 1-866-472-5788, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net, which comes to me through my website at www.iirsports.com. As always, I will give you my highlights, lowlights, and bizarre news items from this past week, also, we will be joined next segment by our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Studham, veteran multimedia personality who covers Alabama football and many other sports as well. Well, my highlight of the week up here in Boston is David Ortiz, Big Pappy, being inducted into the Baseball Hall of Fame yesterday, which practically felt like a New England holiday. Uh, everybody was glued to it up here. And there simply was no one else like him in Red Sox history, and perhaps in baseball history, as the king of the walk-off home runs. My lasting memory of Big Poppy was the 2004 Game 5 American League Championship Series against the Yankees. I was there, and I'll never forget it, maybe uh, the greatest sports event I've ever attended. Uh, and I say that because uh, Big Poppy tied it in the eighth. It went into extra innings and then tied it with a home run in the eighth. And then the 14th, he singled home Johnny Damon. It was at the time the longest baseball game, certainly postseason, uh, ever played. And I always remember that uh, when I walked out the door, I said I should be home. It was a 5 p.m. start. I walked out the door and said uh, I'd probably be home by 10 or so and got home at like 2.30 in the morning. And, uh, and it was just an electric night. I say it may be the greatest sports uh, event I've ever attended because – from the eighth inning, from the ninth inning on, after Big Poppy's home run in the eighth to tie it, uh, you simply had to exhale after every single pitch. Um, it, especially when uh, Tim Wakefield came in for the Red Sox in relief to uh, throwing his knuckleball, and they didn't have his knuckleball catcher in there, Doug Mirabelli. For whatever reason, he would probably already have been used up by then or whatever. And uh, and so they had Jason Veritek, great catcher, but not a, not a knuckleball catcher. So there was a couple pass balls in a row, as I think it was A-Rod. Alex Rodriguez for the Yankees went from first to second and second to third <clears throat> with the potential go-ahead run. And he did not score, obviously, because the game got to the bottom of the 14th when Big Poppy delivered and... So 
he was the key figure in the Red Sox breaking the 86-year curse of the Bambino back in 2004, uh, of which that game was one of the more memorable, and there were lots of them. It went seven. Uh, The greatest comeback in baseball history, the first team ever to be down 3-0 in a series and come back and win it. Uh, Dave Roberts' steal of the base. Uh, the night before, in game three, game game four, I I was the one I've been talking about was game five, of course. Um, so just so memorable, uh, and perhaps the other highlight of Big Poppy's career, aside from what felt like nonstop home runs and grand slams and whatnot, was his Boston Marathon speech uh, after the bombing, 2013. When he delivered the famous line of uh, this is our city with some extra verbiage thrown in there. And uh, it's still a seminal moment in Boston sports history and Boston history in general. So congratulations to David Ortiz, forever immortalized in Cooperstown. And uh, again, it was just the lead story on every news channel here yesterday. And many people were just glued to the ceremonies uh, in the afternoon. Sticking with the Sox, my lowlight of the week is the irony of them losing five to nothing to Toronto right off the bat yesterday, as David Ortiz was literally stepping to the podium in Cooperstown. It's reflective of their recent play. Uh, they are basically coming apart before our very eyes. In the last week, they've lost five straight. While being outscored, get this, 67 to 13, uh, low lighted on Friday night by a 28 to 5 loss to the Blue Jays on Friday night in Fenway. And it is just uh, a horrible, horrible stretch. Uh, Basically, the run differential over the last five games span is the worst since 1901. Repeat, 1901. Um, And preceding all this was that uh, right before the All-Star break, they had lost to the Yankees 14-1 on July 16th and then 13-2 one day later. Um, So it's just, uh, you you can't make this stuff up. These are just uh, horrific uh, record-setting, historic lowlights to how they're playing. And uh, who knows what the answer is, uh, but right now they've got to get off the schneid to the take on the Cleveland Guardians, formerly the Indians, of course, at Fenway starting tonight. So they need to do something or the season's going to go right down the drain. More importantly, they're going to have to become, they could likely become sellers versus traders at the trade deadline versus buyers, I should say, at the trade deadline, which is, of course, this July 30th. So time is short. They have to uh, wake up and show they're worthy of, uh, at minimum, not becoming sellers and trading some of their stars. My bizarre story of the week is yesterday's 3M Open on the PGA Tour with Scott Piercy just self-destructing with the 41 on the back nine. 
hitting balls into the traps, the water, one into a trap and from the trap into the water. He, and Tony Finau, who was uh, five strokes behind with <laughs> 11 holes to go, took full advantage and played. And he was getting lucky while Scott Piercy was getting unlucky. Uh, Finau at one point hit one, I think, off the grandstand that kind of bounced back, you know, in in the rough right near the green. And uh, again, at the same time, Scott Piercy was catching no breaks. So Tony Finau won the tournament. And uh, yeah, it was really pretty incredible stuff to watch, to say the least. Other highlights... Uh, of the week and breaking news is a big story. Adrian Wojnarowski of ESPN uh, saying that the Nets and the Celtics are talking about a Kevin Durant for Jalen Brown and likely some others uh, trade. And that is just uh, gigantic news up here. Kevin Durant, if he was ever coming to the Celtics, given their run to the finals last year, would be massive news. And you'd like to think he'd put him over the top, but Jalen Brown is a terrific player. And honestly, it'd be tough to see him go, but you know, it's either him or Jason Tatum and it's not going to be Jason Tatum. That's for sure. And, and maybe another highlight of the week, NFL camps are already underway in a couple of with a couple of teams and they're getting underway this week up here in New England, Gillette Stadium, 20 minutes from my from where I'm speaking right now. And uh, it's always uh, exciting because football is kicking off basically this week and already has in certain markets. So uh, but right here in New England, uh, open to the public on, I believe, Wednesday and Thursday. And it's always an exciting time up here. Everybody, of course, is curious to see uh, what Mac Jones has in store for us in his second year. He's had a basically a complete body makeover in the offseason. He is uh, now just in uh, spectacular shape. Uh, and uh, so everybody up here is pretty excited. Uh, Mac Jones has been a big hit up here since taking over as a rookie last year and, uh, and can't wait to watch and see, uh, you know, see how it goes with the Patriots. There's a lot of questions. Apparently Bill Belichick, the coach of course, is not going to be naming a defensive and offensive coordinator. <clears throat> pretty, un pretty unusual in today's NFL. But if you're looking for unusual, especially uh, in coaching decisions, uh, <laughs> you need look look no further than Bill Belichick, unconventional. And he will do it his way. Uh, and I'd have to say, you know, his way has been pretty good, certainly when Tom Brady was the quarterback and they were a 20-year dynasty. And we'll have to see how that turns out now. Um, they're still stinging from the... Horrific loss in the playoffs to the Bills, where the Bills never even punted. Um, <clears throat> and that was the last time we saw him. And everybody's excited because we're about to see him again uh, very soon here. And uh, sure to be an interesting season. 
the Patriots are a team that, given their six Super Bowls uh, since the, uh, this century, uh, they're a national team, and everybody's around the country is always interested in what the Patriots are up to. So now, let's take our break. And next up is our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham, veteran multimedia personality who covers Alabama football and many other sports as well. So don't go anywhere. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Want to play the ponies and win? At Winning Ponies, we go inside and behind the scenes with the top jockeys, trainers, and handicappers. The Winning Ponies Radio Show with John Englehart, racing's regular guy, is the perfect complement to the Winning Ponies handicapping website. Catch us live every Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Variety Channel. Win prizes just for calling in. Planning for college? Tune in to Getting In, a college coach conversation for tips, techniques, and insider perspectives. Hosted by Elizabeth Heaton, a former admissions officer at the University of Pennsylvania, and featuring her fellow admissions and college finance experts from Bright Horizons College Coach. The show shares what colleges are really looking for and how to highlight your hard-won achievements for the best chance of success. New episodes air every Thursday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Listen to the Desert Ranch Podcast to hear what connects us to the producers that are keeping us from being naked, hungry, and thirsty. Get a look into the lives of those who live differently from the comforts of a 9-to-5 lifestyle to care for land and livestock. The Desert Ranch Podcast with Vanessa Rohr on the Voice America Variety Channel. Tune in to The Patricia Raskin Show on VoiceAmerica.com every Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time. This is the program that helps you turn obstacles into opportunities, challenges into solutions, and find answers to tough questions with the award-winning powerhouse voice of radio, Patricia Raskin. So tune in and call in to The Patricia Raskin Show, Mondays at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time, right here on the Voice America Variety Channel. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com You are listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or by sending an email to iir at comcast.net. Now back to the show. Voice America listeners, welcome back to segment two of All Around Sports, and I'm your host, John Inglesby. To join the show, the call-in number is 1-866-472-5788, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net, and it's that time of the show when we when our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Studham, veteran multimedia personality who covers Alabama football and many other sports as well, joins us. And A.P., how are you doing today? I'm doing great, John. Thank you for having me on the show. Well, thank you for calling in, as always. And you had a another big week last week. 
as you attended SEC Media Days, got a lot of coverage, and uh, and I was watching a lot of it, looking for you in the background. I don't never got the chance to see you, but I'm I know you were there. Um, so how was it down there in uh, SEC land? Yeah, John, it was very good. There was 64 individuals. That's 14 coaches, and each coach uh, brought along three players, except one. A player didn't make it, Texas A&M. They had one of their individuals. He was in some little bit of a scrape, so he didn't make it to Atlanta. So I guess that makes 63. So we had a chance to visit with all the coaches and players. It was great. That sounds fabulous. Uh, where was it held this year? Was it in Destin, Florida? Or it was in Atlanta, John. Atlanta. It, it Atlanta, was in Atlanta, right. yeah, the College Football Hall of Fame. And also, John, it was at the um, – the, the hotel next door. Okay. Very nice. Um, so, of course, the, the, the big storyline of the week was, you know, Nick Saban and Jimbo Fisher talking. And, uh, you know, after their uh, little war of words a few months back, may I believe it was, uh, over, uh, you know, NIL name, image, and likeness, uh, among other things, buying players. It was pretty vicious stuff at the time, but uh, you know, clearly they've uh, they've made up, and uh, I think we all believe that the commissioner of the SEC, Greg Sankey, kind of laid down the law that sort of happened at the time, and basically uh, made sure nothing more was going to go public. Right, there was a run of olive branch sales in Atlanta. Last week, so they <laughs> made up word. and they want to move yeah. on. It is time to move on. Uh, it was pretty salacious when it was going on. And, of course, it's the SEC and, you know, it's Nick Saban, not to mention Jimbo Fesher. So to say this story had legs, as we like to say in the business, would be an understatement of the highest level because uh, this story really uh, ran and ran and, it's probably, you know, pretty much over now because both coaches spoke at the same venue uh, publicly at the microphone. And, uh, you, you know, I, I think it's just sort of done, <laughs> um, but it won't be forgotten by any means. No, come October before the game, it'll uh, raise its uh, attention again. I'm sure there'll be more questions the week of the game. Yes, good point, AP. They're playing each other this year down in Alabama, if I'm not mistaken. Correct. That's a home game for Alabama. Oh, that's going to be must-see TV of the highest level. No doubt about that. Yeah, and they just all they were praising each other. Uh, you thought you were in church or something. They just were a yeah. testimony somewhere. They were just flowing with all the adoration for each other. Uh, absolutely. Like you said, church and olive branches. Those were the key, uh, you know, the key take homes for, from uh, SEC <laughs> media days. And uh, AP, correct me if I'm wrong, didn't, uh, didn't A&M beat Alabama in the last year or two down in College Station? Am I right about that? Yeah, 41 to 38, high scoring game, field goal kick, field goal kick won it in the end. With a few seconds left, yeah, sure did. Was that last year or three years ago? 
That was last year. Yeah, they're in the last same year. division, John. So they'll be playing. Now, I don't know moving forward here when we get those other two teams involved, Texas and Oklahoma. I'm not sure if that's the case. Nobody's really certain how that will be uh, arranged, if they're going to have pods, you know, four teams in a pod, and you have one constant rival and maybe one constant opponent and then rotate because they're trying to make it, John, when they get to that number that you're within uh, a student athlete's four years, I think that they get a, a, a chance to compete against every school. Wow. Uh, AP, how many teams will be in the SEC once Texas and Oklahoma join? 16? 16 teams. 16. Down, 16, so. yes. All right. Uh, so, AP, what were your other take-homes from media days? I mean, it, you know, they're not the only two teams. Uh, there's also happens to be the uh, defending national champion, <laughs> Georgia, uh, in the SEC. Uh, but what w- what were the things that caught your attention during your days down there? Right. Yeah, John, those are the prohibitive favorites. Alabama in the Western Division, Georgia in the Eastern Division. And I'm wondering if, let's say, for instance, Kentucky can stay clean all the way through the season and not have any stumbles like they did against Tennessee and Mississippi State. I think they were better. They were better than those two teams last year, but they lost, and then they lost to Georgia uh, earlier in the season. But this time, they faced the Bulldogs and Lexington, the last home conference game right before they played Louisville. So can Kentucky? Uh, have some magic this season with Will Levis as the quarterback. He's a big, strong, good-looking athlete, powerful arm, and uh, he's very athletic at six foot three, two hundred thirty-two pounds. So can can they have the steady defense like like they've had in the past under Mark Stoops, and a good offensive line and a solid running back, and they've had some transfers in the at the wide receiver position and good tight end and kicking game. And so can they all, can they put it all together every week and understand that uh, winning means just not uh, in the big games, let's say in the teams that are better than you, but it's everybody because they're, they're coming after you. No doubt about it. Absolutely. And Will Levis spoke, uh, if I'm not mistaken, and I've, I follow Phil Levis, Will Levis a little more than, Others, because he formerly played at Penn State, uh, but he he spoke at the media days, correct? Oh, he did. And, John, just to make a a note here, the three Kentucky players were just entertaining and informative and just well-spoken. I really enjoyed listening to that trio. And I told Coach Stoops that when I – when I prefaced my first question to him, he he asked if we all enjoyed the three – young uh, ball players that he he brought with him to Atlanta. I said, yeah, we enjoyed every single one of them. So um, that's great. Yeah. They're great representatives of the university of Kentucky. That's wonderful. No doubt about it, AP. And uh, how about Georgia? Kirby smart, of course, who was in the news uh, for getting just a massive new deal, richly deserved given uh, that he just won the national championship. Um, how was he at the podium and, and the Georgia presence in particular? Yeah, George, uh, Kirby Smart was kind of reserved, John. Uh, you know, really? he's, usually, he's usually fidgety in his chair and he's a uh, hypersensitive uh, 
to questions and things, but he was kind of steady, and they seemed a little bit more at peace, you know, since you won that national championship. And then also they had Stetson Bennett, the fourth there, the quarterback that led Georgia to the national championship. Um, That's he right. Was, he's back. Uh, he, yeah, he's back now. So that I, I'm wondering if he's going to maintain the position, John, for the entire season. Is, is somebody is, is somebody going to replace him if he falters? Because he's the type of quarterback wins ball games. And John, for instance, uh, Georgia has three tight ends on the John Mackey watch list. I mean, that's how loaded they are at that position. I'm, I'm, I might be throwing the ball every play to the tight end at Georgia. And AP, correct me if I'm wrong. They had a fantastic tight end last year, a game changer for sure, Gronkowski like, right. if you will. Uh, he uh, is he returning? Brock, yeah, Brock Bowers. Yeah, Brock, Brock Bowers. Bowers. He was a freshman, John. He received the Sean Alexander Freshman of the Year Award at the Maxwell Awards uh, that I attended, and I had a chance to visit with him and you know interview him when I was there. But yeah, he's sensational. He can run. He's strong. It, it, he doesn't even break stride when he's breaking a tackle. He, he's that talented. He catches the football, and he's got all the physical abilities to to make a lot of money in the NFL. Yes, AP. Watching him was a wow last year. Like a wow. Oh, yes, absolutely. There, yeah. Especially the first time I saw mm-hmm. him. Uh, just a wow. Spectacular. Yeah, the way yeah the way he moves. He runs with power and authority. He's a terrific ball player. But, um, yeah, they got two it, other two other uh, tight ends. One, six, seven. Oscar Washington, number zero, I believe. And Eric Gilbert, who was the one of the top tight ends uh, recruited coming out of high school. He went to LSU originally. Now he's, he's at Georgia. So those are three players that they stay healthy and everything is uh, right with their bodies and minds. They can uh, play in the NFL, all three of them. Holy cow. That's amazing. And then Bowers, correct me if I'm wrong, was a freshman last year, right? Freshman, right. Right. Oh, yes. my gosh. Yeah. It's amazing. And uh, AP, just to close out on Georgia and our second segment here together, first segment together, second segment overall, uh, they have, the backup quarterback is still JT Daniels, formerly a Southern Cow. Is that correct? Right. And John, he started, I think, well, I think he won seven games or started seven games or both. And then he transferred. He's in the Big 12 now at West Virginia. Oh, okay. Tough to keep track, AP. Just you and I always talk it, about it, the transfer. It is very, it's very difficult. Yes. That one got away from me. So, are the backup quarterbacks? Uh, are there, are there any of them transfer portals that transferred in to Georgia? Oh uh, no, not that I can recall, John. No. Okay. Uh, they, they got a, yeah a couple backups there. So, but I, I still think, like I said. I don't know if, if Kirby will pull him at some point and put in a backup quarterback. I don't know if, how Kirby, Kirby feels about the psyche of his quarterbacks. I'm not, I'm not certain. Yes, well, of course, a lot of people didn't think uh, Stetson Bennett could get it done to win a national championship. He did. Uh, made some massive plays during that game. So, you know, so it sounds like the backups are uh, – are old school natural uh, players who came to Georgia and are now, uh, you know, in the competition for quarterback. But for now, it's certainly Stetson Bennett will be the uh, Georgia quarterback on opening day. I think that's pretty safe to say. You, you never know. But 
AP, hard to believe we're at the end of our first segment. It always goes so quickly, uh, especially with interesting topics like SEC media days. But why don't we take our first break? And we still have a lot more to get to on the other side. Voice America is on your favorite smart speaker. If you have Alexa or Google Home, go ahead and give us a try. Hey, Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast on TuneIn. Today, our 40s sit firmly in midlife. We are starting to feel our place and have many productive years ahead. But now is the best time to plan for our future life. Listen for 45 Forward with host Ron Roel. From retirement to health and technology to caring for our parents, no topic is off the table. We don't have a roadmap to our actual future, but we can start to plan more effectively. Tune into 45 Forward, Mondays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific Time, on the Voice America Variety Channel. Join hosts Navanav every week for Good Morning Canada. Our home is Canada, but our message and reach is boldly global. Our focus is on the alternative perspective, the hidden dimension, and the expansive horizon. Ideas are designed to be challenged, perceptions shattered, and information balanced. We invite you to visualize the converse viewpoint, dare to be inquiring, but always promise an hour of lively fun. Listen worldwide at 12 noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. The Soul Connection with Dr. K hosts a forum of expert guests that showcase popular topics that can impact the soul. Weekly, Our Soul Doctor connects with authors, medical professionals, and leaders that share expertise and testimonials. Check out our growing community on site at soulconnectionusa.com. Tune in to Feed the Soul Live every Thursday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific Time, or listen on your time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Tune in every Friday to get your weekend kickoff early. Join the legendary G. Keith Alexander for What's Hot Harlem America. The flagship show of the new Harlem America Digital Network has something for everyone. From the latest in entertainment to empowerment, health and wellness, and more, we'll bring you a variety of fresh viewpoints, voices, and ideas. What's Hot Harlem America with G. Keith Alexander can be heard every Friday at 1 p.m. in New York and 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. listening to all around sports with your host john inglesby become a part of today's show by calling 1-866-472-5788 that's 1-866-472-5788 or by sending an email to iir at comcast.net now back to the show voice america listeners welcome back to segment three of all around sports and i'm your host john inglesby to join the show, the call-in number is 1-866-472-5788, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net. And back on the line with us is our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Studham, veteran multimedia personality who covers Alabama football and many other sports as well. And A.P., we, of course, were talking the previous segment about you attending and covering SEC Media Days held last week in Atlanta. So uh, we certainly touched on Alabama and uh, 
Texas A&M, uh, Jimbo Fisher, Nick Saban, and the little spat of a few months ago and how all is well there uh, based on their, uh, their, their talks at the microphone. And, uh, and then we touched on Georgia. But AP, you know, there's so many high-profile names in the SEC. We also touched on Kentucky. But there are others. Why don't we just start with your thoughts and observances? Uh, how about Auburn, Alabama's arch rival? Yeah, John, you know, Auburn tried to sabotage the program from outside. Uh, they're trying to uh, eliminate Brian Harson as the head coach, but he survived that uh, coup. And he, I think he felt good about his team right now because all of the players that were disgruntled or dissatisfied left the program. And now he has people on the team that um, are, have that singleness of purpose. And, you know, coach Harson, he's in good shape. John. He works out with his players. So when they're in the middle of a drill, there's no way they can say, Oh, this is too hard. He's right there next to him running the steps or whatever wow. particular drill is uh, uh, that morning or that afternoon. So, he feels good about his team. They have an unsettled quarterback position, but they have some good candidates. Uh, T.J. Finley was the transfer from LSU, came off the bench last year to beat Georgia State, um, had some moments. But uh, they have uh, uh, Calzada, who transferred from Texas A&M. So he's there as well, as that Calzada. And then they also have Robbie Asher, who transferred from <clears throat> Oregon. He plays baseball as well, so he has those different angles where he can throw the ball. He has very good speed, so I, I, I suspect they're going to use him in the red zone, John. And then they have a freshman okay. coming in from Georgia, so they have four quarterback candidates. I, and I asked uh, Coach Harson specifically, would he uh, be opposed to playing two quarterbacks? He says, no, I've I've done it in the past, and I believe in, if someone deserves a chance, they're going to be out on the football field. So I was I was glad to hear that because I, yeah. I do think he has multiple quarterbacks that can help his team win. And so they have two new coordinators. The offense should be fairly about, about the same, you know, just some variations and same on the defensive part as well. Both the Derek Hall, the defensive end, he told me some new uh, tactics that they might use, but essentially it's the same. So, uh, so, so Auburn, a veteran offensive line returning, Tank Bigsby, uh, one of the top running backs in the conference, uh, excellent player. They have three or four transfers at the wide receiver position, John. They have to do better at wide receiver. They have to okay. give their quarterback a chance catching the football and making some yards after after they catch and being smart in that offense and getting open. Uh, they, they have a plethora of tight ends, John. I mean, we spoke about Georgia. Nobody can match them. But I like the set of tight ends that Auburn has. John Samuel Shanker. He set some records at Auburn last year for receptions. I think a touchdown for a tight end. So he'll look for him to have a big year. And then they have some other players that are very good as well. I think they they'll complement their quarterback, the, whoever becomes the starting quarterback and the and the uh, reserves quarterbacks, reserve quarterbacks as well. I, I like that position for Auburn. You know, defensively, you got to replace some defensive backs. Have some pretty good linebackers, probably led by Owen Peppo. And um, so, and then Unders Carlson, you know, one of the Carlson brothers, a good kicker, needs to be more consistent here, but has the ability to be, you know, an all-conference, all-American type kicker. And they have a punter that's uh, outstanding. So I think he's from, I think he's from Australia, I believe. Uh, I think he is. If he's, I got that right. But so Auburn, you know, they were they're picked uh, to be last in the conference, SEC West. 
So there's some challenges, as you know, John, they're playing Penn State that third yes. game, 17th of September. That could sure. be a turnaround for them. That could be a real launch to having a, a better season than projected. So, um, yeah, I look forward to that game for, oh, for sure. Me too. We we all love our intersectional games. And uh, uh, I don't even know if they use that term anymore, AP, but um, but we all love them. Right. And this is one of those. Uh you know, Penn State heading into SEC land, that's a big thats a big game automatically and should be fun. I did notice at Penn State, uh, not to divert from the SEC, but their opener is like early this year, if not one of the first games being played against Purdue at Purdue, I believe, in La- West Lafayette. So, uh, I'll be tested right away. Exactly. That caught my attention uh, big time because I just didn't know, but I came across my radar and uh so yeah it won't be like auburn's first big test of the year um penn state at purdue and i believe it's like literally ap the thursday before labor day weekend uh so early early um kind of kicking off yeah kind of kicking off college football uh overall certainly as a big game um well ap i spent a lot of time in florida and have to ask you what are your thoughts on the gators you know, Anthony Richardson is the quarterback, big, strong arm. Can he be accurate? And under Billy Napier, will he flourish or will he stay the same? I mean, that's that's a question mark for them. You always want to get that quarterback position settled. So Billy Napier, he's a good recruiter. I'm sure he'll get some talent. Now he's going to see if he can coach in the SEC. He proved that he can coach at Louisiana, upset some Power 5 teams. So they're enthusiastic and uh looking forward to getting the Gators in the championship hunt. You know, they, they're trying to right now chase Georgia. They're just trying to become a contender at this moment and, and win some tough ball games. You know, they're some of the stronger teams in the league. So Florida, uh, they have an interesting game, John. Matter of fact, to start the season, uh, first game in the Billy Napier tenure at Florida, Utah. Utah, exactly. I've noticed that. And we know Utah yeah, we know we know Utah is a physical team. That's September third. So, yes, that caught my eye, and uh, absolutely, they're uh, excellent program, Utah. And uh, so, yes, that's going to be uh, fascinating to watch. And I just want to loop back, AP. So I looked it up. Penn State, September first, eight p.m at Purdue. I think wow. that might be the Thursday night before Labor Day weekend. Let me that quickly is. check my calendar. That it is. is. Yeah, that yeah, is, John. So. That is the Thursday night. Wow. So that's uh that that's a great matchup that early. That is and, uh <laughs> very good. Yes. So like I said, uh no guarantee Penn State's gonna be uh undefeated when they roll into Auburn on September seventeenth. That's gonna be a good game against Purdue as it will be against Auburn. But, uh, right. Yeah. And, uh, AP, anybody else like kind of jump out at you, whether it's, you know, Mississippi, Mississippi state, Mississippi state, let's, you know, Lane Kiffin's a coach, always intriguing. I, I, obviously his comments were interesting. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, John, um, Mississippi state is Mike Leach. We could talk about Ole Miss. That's, that's uh, Lane Kiffin, but I'll go with Mississippi state first. 
Mississippi State, I believe it's 17 starters, John, returning, and their quarterback, Will Rogers. Wow. So that that's a team I would not take lightly. No. You know, because you know, because when you're a passing offense, John, as we all know, if a defensive back misses an assignment or falls down, more than likely it's a touchdown or a long explosive play. So Mississippi State, if they get in a rhythm in that air raid passing game, they will be tough. We know that they had the big comeback at Auburn. I think it was 28-3, to came back to win that game. So okay. they have the potential to beat anybody because they have a quarterback that can complete a high percentage of passes. Now, their schedule, uh, it, it, here's an interesting game, John. Uh, they have to travel to Tucson to play Arizona. Now, you might say that that's, that should be a win, but when you're on the, anytime you're on the road going to the West, you, you have to be prepared to play those teams in the Pac-12 because it's a different style. But one thing that Mississippi State lends itself to matching up well because in practice they're going in against that air rate, so they're used to, covering all these receivers all over the field. Mm-hmm, so right. that's an interesting game, the interesting game on their schedule. Um, they have to play Alabama and Tuscaloosa and, uh, but they host Auburn and Georgia, you know, Georgia's on their schedule this year from the Eastern division. That's near the end of the season. It's the, the third to the last game. So, uh, but Mississippi state, if you're going to, uh, win some ball games. I would say with 17 starters in the Mike Leach system, this is this is their chance. Yes, should be interesting. And AP, we're actually at the end of our second segment together. So why don't we take a break and still have a couple of other teams we we can maybe touch on from SEC. Your observances of them from SEC media days, including uh, the aforementioned Mississippi, Ole Miss. So. Don't go anywhere, and we'll be back uh, after the break. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. Listen for Go to Health Radio, featuring host Jonathan Marks and health experts from around the world who bring evidence-based education from Western, alternative, and holistic practices. We bring together you, seeking relevant and proven information for your healthcare needs and reputable healthcare experts and companies who offer quality education for your benefit. Monthly, we also share continuing education for medical professionals. Listen live every Wednesday at 12 noon Pacific time and 3 p.m. Eastern time on Voice America Variety. Did you know that millions of people around the world do not have children? And yet the personal and professional experiences of people without children remain largely unacknowledged across cultures and within our personal networks. Public and workplace policies, media narratives, and educational content often reflect an unconscious bias, rendering our experiences invisible. New Legacy Radio engages these missing conversations with the voices of our community and allies and through committed action for meaningful change. New Legacy Radio, Tuesdays at 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Want an insider's pass to everything that goes on in Hollywood? Join Summer Helene every week for Behind the Scenes. Summer Helene is known as the Duchess of Hollywood because she knows the insiders, legends, and celebs. 
and brings the stories, the gossip, and the backstage scoop. It's the real Hollywood, though. So this program is for adults only. Behind the scenes can be heard live every Friday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time and 7 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Tune in to Melody Edmondson's The Space of the Waste radio program. This companion piece to her successful guidebook series, The Space of the Waste, focuses on body types and how to make your waist length flattering, no matter what your body type is. Guests include designers, merchandise managers, factory owners, and more. You'll also find out what accessories will complement your body shape and waist length. Tune in every Tuesday at noon Pacific Time and 3 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Variety. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. You are listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or by sending an email to iir at comcast.net. Now back to the show. Voice America listeners, welcome back to the fourth and final segment of All Around Sports. I am your host, John Inglesby. Back on the line with us is our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Studham, veteran multimedia personality who covers Alabama football and many other sports as well. And before we get started, uh, my pick of the week for appointment viewing is tonight's Red Sox-Cleveland Guardians game at Fenway. Uh, I know it's a another regular season and a long regular season, another regular season game. But it feels like the Red Sox, who have played historically bad since the All-Star break and right before, uh, almost have to have this game. Like as if the season's on the line here tonight and and perhaps tomorrow night. So uh, it'll be appointment viewing up here in New England. That I can tell you. Uh, but AP, uh, we were talking, uh, you know, in the previous segment about SCC media days, which you covered and uh, we touched on Ole Miss, of course their coach Lane Kiffin, his comments were carried, <laughs> carried throughout, especially on NIL and whatnot. Uh, so what are your thoughts about Ole Miss? And for that matter, Lane Kiffin. Yeah. Lane Kiffin, John, you know, his teams have, uh, uh, routinely scored a lot of points. So I don't think that will change. They're just looking for the starting quarterback. They have a couple of candidates. Look at uh, Altmaier. He he played in the Sugar Bowl because um, uh, Matt Crowell was injured, so got injured. So he's there. But also they have the transfer, uh, John, from USC. And that's uh, Jackson Dart. You know, so he, okay. uh, he was highly rated, you know, going to going to USC at the time. He's from Utah, so they're going to have a good battle, and it's always nice to have somebody in reserve in case somebody gets injured, as we know, or maybe they're having a difficult day. So uh, I look for one of them to separate themselves probably. I I think probably Lane would – I think he'd like to play one quarterback. I I just get that feeling about him as a coach. Right. You would know. 
yeah, about that position, but we shall see. I mean, John, this is so competitive that, you know, you can change your coaching strategy because you know that winning is so important. And uh, I don't think you leave somebody out there on Saturday or whatever night you're, or day or night you're playing the ball game if they're having a bad day. If you know, for instance, and in practice, this, the reserve quarterback can make some contributions, I wouldn't hesitate at all to put somebody in there, but that's up to Lane. But he's he's a competitor, so I think he'd put another quarterback in there, have a change of pace. I really do. So you know they're they're trying to get better defensively. Uh, you know football to find some big people to play on the, on the defensive line is always a challenge at a place like Ole Miss. So they're, sure. they're trying to get better. You know, trying to get better. Uh, a fabulous season, ten and three last year. They lost to Alabama and Auburn actually in the regular season, and then. Um, in the bowl game, Baylor beat them in the Sugar Bowl. Like I said, they didn't have their, their full use of their quarterback, Matt Corral. He was injured. But, um, yeah, then they shut down that offense. I think the final score was 21-7, to I believe, uh, for that, that bowl game. 23-7, uh, 20, I guess it ended up, or 21-7, yeah. So okay. somebody, Dave Randy, you know, he, he, put, he was the defensive coach at LSU, so he's familiar with Lane Kiffin's offenses. Uh, he did an exceptional job with his defense. But once again, uh, they have some, you know, we have some good wide receivers. Uh, you know, probably want to run the ball a little bit more, I think. Um, but Lane Kiffin will come up with an offensive strategy to score points. It's just the, the defense uh, give them a few more times to get the ball. Okay, well, sure to be interesting. And AP South Carolina. Uh, for some reason, I have it. Uh, it feels like it crossed my radar that. Did they get a big name transfer quarterback? Do I have that right? Correct. Correct. That's uh-huh. Spencer Rattler from Oklahoma. Spencer yeah. Rattler. Sorry, of course. Spencer Rattler. Big name. Heisman. Yeah, the preseason Heisman, Heisman favorite in 2021. Who was benched. And, you know, uh, right. for uh, Caleb, uh, is it Williams? Caleb Williams, who transferred to the other USC on the West exactly. Coast, Southern California. Yeah. Yeah, it's a USC thing. Um, but, yeah, right. Spencer Rattler going from Oklahoma to South Carolina and now in the SEC, that's big news because he was the preseason favorite. And, again, he was benched before the season, you know, midseason or whatever, last year at Oklahoma by, obviously, Lincoln Riley. So this, I'd say Spencer Rattler might be on a mission. What do you think? Oh, yes, he's definitely determined. Yeah, I, I think that uh, he's got a lot to prove to himself and to others if he can be a team leader. And um, so, you know, he, he's got a strong arm. Um, we'll see how he is playing in the SEC. Uh, South Carolina had a, an interesting year, John. They ended up 7-6, and six, winning the bowl game against North Carolina. Uh, 38-21, to 21. that's pretty convincing. You know, they had some, you know, they lost to Clemson 30 to nothing, John, for instance. Um, they lost, they, they beat Florida 40-17. to 17. They have a new coach. They lost to A&M 44-14. Uh, lost to Tennessee 45-20. to 20. So there's a lot hmm. of work to be done on the defense side of the ball. I mean, Georgia right. beat them 40-13. Uh, so some of these power teams in the conference they scored 35 40 points on them but they didn't have the offense you know so with this quarterback situation that should give them a much better chance 
to compete uh, against some of those teams. I mean, it should be hopefully less points and more points by South Carolina because of their quarterback. He's going to be able to move the ball. Yep, no doubt about it. Uh, yeah, again, he, he was, uh, you know, one of the biggest names of college football at the beginning of last year. So uh, seeing him back uh, playing in Columbia, and I spent time in Columbia, South Carolina, a couple years ago, drove by the stadium, big stadium um, on the campus, and it was really cool. So uh, they are particularly on my radar because of that. I, I really enjoyed Columbia. But AP, as we come to the close of the show in the final minute or two here, uh, bad news uh, concerning uh, John Mechie, the former Alabama wide receiver, fabulous player drafted by the Houston Texans, uh, where he got uh, announced that he had uh, leukemia. Uh, announced over the weekend, I believe. So th- that was quite the surprise, to say the least. And our feelings go out to him and uh, as in his recovery. Yeah, John. You know, I mean, he was a a very good receiver at Alabama, um, close to a thousand yards, I think, last year, and a lot of catches. I don't know, with eighty nine, it was a big number, and he he was terrific. You know, came. He's Nigerian by birth, I believe, and came to Canada, was at school in New Jersey, I think, in Maryland. So he was a world traveler just to get to Alabama. And mm-hmm. he was a very good receiver, very good college receiver. So he has supposedly the leukemia is a tap that's curable. He's in a city that has that specialty with curing cancer. Right. So, um, you know, he could take this year off, I guess, and uh, get his health. And uh, we all wish him the very, very best. Absolutely. Uh, and I heard the same thing. It was the most curable form of, I believe, leukemia. Um, so best wishes, uh, to John Mechie to say the least. Um, well, AP, I just want to thank you for another great show. Your description of SEC media days was spectacular. And we, as always appreciate you calling in. Hey, Jim, thank you so much for having me on the show. I enjoyed it. As did we, AP, and thank you again. And as always, thank you all for listening to All Around Sports. And we look forward to doing it all again next Monday at noon Eastern time. Thanks again for tuning into All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Be sure to tune in again next Monday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 noon Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have a terrific weekend, and we'll talk sports again next week.